in the recesses of the Old Testament lies the story of Ruth. One scholar said, it's the most beautiful short story ever written. But how can a 3,000 year old book be relevant today? Ruth speaks into our cultural confusion surrounding gender and our increasing ethnic divide. It's an improbable and compelling love story, but ultimately, Ruth is a story of redemption. How God's sovereign grace redeems his people in and even through their suffering. Ruth reminds us that God still redeems people who are once far from him. His sovereign grace still redeems our suffering for our good and his glory. Welcome to Post Game Reflection. This is conversations after Sunday morning services at Cross Points. We're picking this up as Pastor Brown is preaching through the book of Ruth in his sermon, Redeemed. I am Ben Berlaga. I am on staff at Fellowship Cross Point. I do youth ministry, seniors ministry, um, and I'm currently in seminary at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And I am with the Ruth Huber. Ruth, you want to tell us a little about yourself? I am so excited to be here. So my name is Ruth, and I have the privilege of working with the children of our church and getting to show them who Jesus is and help them catch a vision for a life with him. And then I also get the the privilege of working um, with the community and getting to rub shoulders and point them to to Jesus and, and hopefully a relationship with him one day. Ruth, it's dope to be on here right now. Hey, I am excited. This is our first one, and so we are... We're out here figuring out what this is going to look like, and that is really exciting. But more than anything, we really want to dive into what God is teaching us through the book of Ruth. Uh, my name is Ruth, and so I've heard about 15 Ruth jokes from the beginning of this sermon series, which has been tough. And this was the first day. And this was, well, I heard a lot last week, and um, that's going to be okay. I think I'm going to grow in perseverance and patience in the midst of this sermon series. But um, this is my favorite story of the Bible. Um, of course. And it is, um, yeah, just a sweet reflection of God's love for us that is unfailing, um, which is awesome. And so, Ben, I just want to ask you, like, what what stood out to you today? And what have you been kind of simmering on as we're drinking some coffee and hanging out tonight? Yeah. To start with, well, I love that Ruth is your favorite story in the Bible. See, my name is Ben. So my favorite story is in Genesis 48. It says that Benjamin was a ravenous wolf, something like that. So... <laughs> Yeah. Claim to fame. That's my claim to fame. Um, probably that, that might be my favorite verse in the Bible. Uh, but <laughs> let me answer your Very question. Very egocentric. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rough. Um, yeah, honestly, I was super blessed today. Uh, it was really awesome just hear the story of Ruth just proclaimed. Um, and I think I honestly have probably read Ruth tons of times, and I never really, really realized um, what was really happening um, with Naomi and her going into the wilderness. Um, that really popped up to me, popped out to me, um, and how she was in Bethlehem. Like she was in the promised land after Exodus and that whole thing. And then with the judge, in the time of judges is when this is all taking place, mm -hmm. um, right after Joshua has led them over. Yeah. And so this is somewhere in that 300 year window. This could be a generation or two generations after they even settled in the promised land. And already they're leaving the promised land to go into Moab. Yeah. They're leaving the promised land to go into their enemy's territory. Yeah. It's that it's theme that we see through scripture, which is we're just forgetful people, forgetting mm -hmm. God's provision. Yeah. And I think just even reading through the, um, the Pentateuch, reading through Exodus and, and Numbers and, and Deuteronomy, and you're like, are they not in the promised land yet? Mm -hmm. You get like a few chapters into Exodus and they're out of 
They're out of Egypt. They're out of slavery, but they're not in the promised land yet. And so them being here and already they're leaving. Um, And I was, their own sin is what, them, their own sin is what brought them out of the promised land. And that's what, man, that blew my mind this morning. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of my favorite lines that, that pastor, pastor used today was that they chose relocation over repentance mm, and <laughs> and we we both work in young adults we both are young adults and so we watch our friends navigate christianity we watch ourselves navigate christianity and i have seen countless times friends move away from me and christian community towards their sin yeah that that sin separates us it separates us from god but it also separates us from people who love us, who point us to God. Mm-hmm. And so in my own life, that has been true. Okay. Yeah. And I have walked into my wilderness by my choice. Um, looking at my life, I think of right out of the pandemic, I like was following Jesus in college and I walked away from Jesus the year after college. And I was away from everything. I was away from everything that caused goodness in my life, everything that made me reflect on the goodness of God and remember his faithfulness to me. And um, I have some really faithful friends who were patient with me in that of like, I was a bad friend to them and they waited out, waited me out and they prayed for me and they pursued me like I believe Jesus pursued me in the midst Mm. of it and and drew me towards himself. Um, And so we see the picture of the wilderness in this sermon. And we would, if you're listening to this podcast and you have not heard the sermon, I'd say pause right here. Right here and go back and listen because our conversation is in context of the sermon. And so we, we want this to always be paired with the hearing of the sermon. Um, and we're really grateful for our pastor and the work he puts into delivering God's word. Um, and so it's going to be a helpful framework to enjoy our conversation. And so, yeah. Ben, I want to ask you, what, what has the wilderness looked like in your life? And where do you feel like God has been revealing truths about maybe what leads you into the wilderness? Hmm. That's a good question. Honestly, I was thinking about that the whole sermon. Um, I think there, the mystery of the faith is that we get, we get brought out of the wilderness. Like when, when Christ went into the wilderness, as Pastor Brandon preached, uh, but also when he went to the cross, when he died on the cross to pay for all of our sins, for all of our shame, um, he delivered us um, from the bondage of sin, the bondage of the devil, and he brought us into eternal life. And we have that now. We literally have eternal life right now, um, but we're still bonded with sin. Like sin is still a part of us um, until we, we come to that day uh, when the Lord brings us home or he comes back and it'll be all gone. And so honestly, the wilderness manifests itself, manifests itself in tons of ways. Uh, but I remember just being steeped away from God uh, when I was in high school and literally running to the wilderness um, and running to doing what I wanted to do, um, hanging out with the people I should not have been hanging out with, yeah. doing the things I should not have been doing. Um, why actively at a church? Why actively at a youth group, right? Yeah. And doing that because I wanted to do that. Yeah. Because I felt lonely and I couldn't find my meaning and my purpose in yeah. Christ, um, in the church. And so I ran to the world. I ran to the wilderness. What was the wilderness telling you as you were coming towards it? Like, what were the promises of the wilderness? See, the wilderness promises satisfaction now. Mm. And I, I think like that's, I think that's the game changer. Is like, you look at the wilderness and you're like, that looks good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, if you're young and you're single or you're, or you're not yet married 
And it's like the world's view of like sex and like the world's view of that is like, that looks good. Like, I don't want to wait till I'm like yeah. married or I don't want to not smoke pot with my friends or I don't want to get, not get drunk. I don't want to be like that loser out, like yeah. who doesn't do that. And so the world promises this temporary satisfaction. It, it, it promises a meaning and a purpose, but it's, it's shallow, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I even think of like, we give those like moral choices of those are things that they're doing, but even I always think of, of James when it says, um, what, you know, what is right to do, but you do not do it. And that is sin Yeah. of like, there is not satisfaction immediately from laying my life down and selflessly serving Jesus and showing up for people who may never show up for me, mm-hmm. but loving them selflessly because Christ calls me to, or loving the least and the last, knowing that I may never get the like satisfaction of appreciation or may never get to see their souls turn to Christ in my lifetime. Like I may sow yeah. seeds that someone else harvests, which is awesome. Like it, mm-hmm. it, and it's beautiful, but it's like really discouraging sometimes. We yeah. both work. I work with children. You work with youth. And I am in the business of sowing seeds that I may never get to see the harvest yeah. of. And, and that is both awesome because I have the privilege of meeting kids at an age where I believe he's just beginning to reveal himself and open their eyes. But they're going to walk and have a whole lifetime mm-hmm. of navigating what it looks like to follow him and what it looks like to say, Psh, not like I want to do what I want to do because yeah. we were that way. We, we wanted to do what we wanted to do and not what God wanted us to do. And that's where I grew up in a Christian home. You grew up in a, in a semi-Christian, semi-Christian adjacent, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Christian adjacent home. And so I grew up knowing the yeah. truths of God. I grew up in what we would Praise almost God. call like the promised land. <laughs> and and I left. Had some chocolate milk. Yeah, I, I left what I knew was true. Yeah. And when I came back, I one of my I think one of my friends asked me like like what what allowed you to return? And I think of Peter's response about uh Peter's response to Jesus, and he's like, He has the words of life. Where am I gonna go? Where else do I go? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, I think, where where my life leaves me now. Even when I'm drawn towards the wilderness, mm-hmm. I'm reminded of that truth. Yeah. Where would I go? Yeah. It's honestly what I really appreciate that Pastor Brown just proclaimed boldly was that, like, we have to be honest. And it's like we put ourselves in the wilderness. And like he did a great job at explaining, like, not all the times we're in wilderness is because of our sin. Not every time that we're in the midst of suffering, that we're in a trial, is because we have put ourselves there. Like by sometimes by his God and his sovereignty has us there um, to grow us and to mold us and to form character and check out the beginning of Romans five about that. But there's a reality that in the faith, sometimes we go into the wilderness because we choose sin. And that's what was happening in the time of judges. Israel was choosing sin over obedience to God. They were doing what was right in their own eyes. Mm -hmm. Like what, like if there's a statement for all of culture, but what feels so magnified in this culture Mm -hmm. is doing what is right in our own eyes. Yeah. And it's like, when we look at that, it's, it's promising. And like, that's us being drawn into the wilderness. And so even looking at this and being, as someone who is in the wilderness right now, I'm thinking, wow, like there might be, like if we're in the wilderness, we might have to be repentant. We might be, have to ask God, even though how hard that might be that we're going through the valley of the shadow of death, mm. we're going through trials, we're going through struggles. And we have to ask God, wait, was there a sin of mine that put me here? Yeah. Was there a sin of mine that's the reason I am suffering right now? Yeah. And that's hard. It is really hard in, in thinking about God's goodness and thinking about where we meet Jesus. We meet Jesus in repentance. Amen. And so when we think of like our moments of conversion, 
one of the most beautiful aspects of some of our moments of conversion, whether we were like Mark would, Mark Hole would say, whether we are nailed in or we are screwed in. Illustration of the year right there. Illustration so you know. of the year, Mark Hole, a real, a real one to say the least. Amen. Um, Mark Hole, for context, is an elder of our church who's just a faithful man of God who loves Jesus dearly, and we're grateful for him. Both of us, our lives have been impacted by his faithfulness, and. Whether we were nailed in or screwed in, we remember feeling sorrow for our sin. Like that's almost like when we think of like the moment where tears are coming in our eyes because we're recognizing the goodness of God. We're recognizing the goodness of God in the scope yeah. of thinking of the wickedness of our hearts. Mm. Of saying, oh man, like I've done what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. not what God wanted me to do. And in that moment, that's where it feels most clear that we see his grace and his mercy. And we have a life after that, after that moment of like initial, we'd say initial repentance. We have a life of following him and then having to repent, following him and then having to repent. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, I naturally wander. I naturally, sometimes I am walking with Jesus, but I am walking as close to the wilderness as I can. You just want to smell it a little bit. I just want to smell, I just want to remember, (laughs) I want to remember and we were joking before this that, like, I fantasize about the wilderness still. Yeah. Like, that I think about the moments where I was in sin, that there are things that I miss. And, like, that's my brokenness. Yeah. Like, that is my brokenness that says, man, I have not been made whole. Yeah. Like, I cannot wait to be in heaven with God. Yeah. And to, to say, man, none of me longs for the wilderness. None of me longs for brokenness. Amen. That's the day we're all looking forward to. Yeah, honestly, for those especially who might be in the wilderness and, and wherever you're at, right? Like life is like you have the valleys, right? And you have the mountaintops. Um, and life consists of both. And some people's lots, whether it's by God's sovereign decree or whether it's by their own sin, some people have more mountaintops than others and some people have more valleys than others. Some people yeah. experience more suffering uh, than others. And, and that's just how it is. And, and we live life um, in the world, but life's a pilgrimage, right? Like life's a journey. Like life is up a mountaintop, mm. right? Like we are, we are saved instantly by the grace of God, um, but we're brought into a journey with Christ. We're journeying with Jesus in our life and we're, we're heading towards an eternal destination. When we're yeah. adopted by God, we know where we're going. We're yeah. going home. We have a heavenly home that mm. we're going to. Pilgriming. And so life is a pilgrimage. Mm. Um, and I just love the idea about pilgrimages because if anyone's hiked up a mountain or, or gone on a long journey, they know that the terrain could change quickly, right? Like you can go through it and there's some- That's good. There's some steep parts and you're hiking. Like there's these steep mountains when you're like, oh geez. And you're like, need to really dial in. You have to like take deep breaths every few steps. <laughs> I have been there. But then there's- Not these, that fit. <laughs> it's not that fit, brother. But then there's like these other times in your journeys where it's just like straight and flat or maybe it goes down a little bit. Yeah. And it's just like this beautiful view across the mountain and you're just living it yeah. up. It feels like you have the wind in your back that's pushing you forward. And it's just like beautiful and you're up there, but other times you're straining. Yeah. And like, it's all a part of a journey. It's yeah. all a part of us heading to our eternal home. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the wilderness stinks, but it's like, God is with us in the wilderness. Yeah. God is with us in the valleys and he's with us on the mountaintops. Yeah. And um, one, of my, one of my favorite books, I'm going to look up this quote while, while we're chatting. Um, one of my favorite quotes talks about that there, no, matter, no matter what I'm experiencing in God's providence, that thing has to bow down 
to God's good purpose to do good Preach unto it, me sister. and bring glory to, and bring <laughs> yeah. glory to him. And like, I think of like my suffering, I'm like, you have to bow down. Like you have to bow yeah. down to God's good purpose and suffering brought on by me or brought on by God. Cause there's two kinds of suffering yeah. as we've talked about and whatever that is, it has to bow down yeah. to God's good purpose to do good unto me and to bring glory to him. And like, that makes pain purposeful. And in a culture yeah. that is saying, I want Advil for every ache. And like, whatever you do, just make it not hurt. Like, God brings meaning yeah. to pain and suffering. And I think of my own pain and suffering, self-inflicted pain and suffering has taught me more about the righteousness of God, about the justice yeah. of God, about the mercy yeah. of God, and about the grace of God. And for me, it's like, oh, like... If we're looking for meaning, meaning is found in the person of Jesus. Meaning is found in a life with him. Mm-hmm. And we, we live in a culture and in a moment that is looking for meaning everywhere. 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 <laughs> I mean, there, it's looking for meaning in crystals. It's looking for meaning in self-help. It's looking Social for meaning media. in work. It's looking for meaning in sexuality. It's looking yeah. for meaning in all kinds of things. And there is a place of meaning. Mm-hmm. And uh, we graciously feel as though we found it. Does that make sense? Of the Lord. We recognize that some would look at us and say, oh, they're just brainwashed. Or oh, they, like, like they, they've drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Um, and we've bet our lives on Jesus. I've, I've made the gamble yeah. that Jesus is true. He is Lord. I'm believing what Jesus says about me and about you and about what he has done. And so... Thinking about this conversation, what is one practical application you're taking away from this conversation? And I can only choose one? Yep. Yep. Dang, Ruth. She puts me in in the pickle. In a corner. (laughs) Get in the corner. One practical application. um, Honestly, in the midst of trials is to to look inward before I blame God. Mm. Right? Like, when when trials or suffering comes... um, whether it's now present or reflecting on things in the past, it's easy to be like, why God, right? It's easy to be like, why would you allow this to happen? Um, And it's like, look inward to be like, is there something that I did that put me there, right? Like I talked about earlier, how like I remember like my wilderness was when I was in high school. Like my wilderness is when I actively said, the wilderness looks better and I am lonely and I am struggling and I want the wilderness. Yeah, God, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, and like I told God no. And like the Lord's grace brought me back. But I think about that and I think about like even my time in wilderness back then has present effects on me now. Like I live yeah. life differently because of my time in the wilderness. Yeah. And yeah. like sin has a, has a hold. And like when, when we are suffering, when I'm, when I'm going through a trial, when something's happening is to look inwards. There's something that I did that brought me here. Or is this my own sin? Um, and having repentant hearts and open hands, right? God, I don't really understand. Um, yeah. Yeah. And confessing like, dang, I put myself here. Um, and you live in the reality of that. You, you can blame God for it, but you can take responsibility and then take responsibility for your own sin, but you're also taking responsibility for the forgiveness, right? Like you take responsibility. This action has put you here, but you also believe that that sin you can't hold against yourself because yeah. God doesn't hold it against you anymore. Amen. And so you live in grace, but you also live in the reality of your actions. Yeah. Um, and so honestly, I'm walking away at like, wow. May I have a repentant heart when I and be willing to repent in the midst of suffering. 
not to blame God, but to be like, dang, Ben, what did you do? What about you, the earth? Yeah, that's interesting. And, and one thing I would say in having a repentant heart is also having a heart that is seeking God's thoughts about me. Yeah. I don't want to think my thoughts about me. I want to think God's thoughts about me. And that reminds me of the last verse, the last two verses of Psalm 139, which says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. We both stink. We stink. In nature, in our natural selves stink. But God said, that, I want it. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy that with my blood. He saved us when we were dead in our sins. We were dead in our sins. Dead as a doornail. We were not worth buying. And he bought us. Um, and so we get to rejoice in that. And so thinking of living a repentant life is living a searchable life. Mm. To not walk away and say, I'm good. Yeah. I'm never good. I'm never good in my own. I need God's thoughts about what I do, what I think, and what I want. Mm. Because I do things that are wrong. I want things that are wrong. And sometimes I even think I need things that are wrong. And so for me, thinking about an application, I would say like an application from this is rejoicing. Like that I want to walk away rejoicing to say, God, you have been so good. Uh, yeah. we, we both read a book and one of the... What's the book? Sorry, plug, plug to this book. It is Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. Worth, Highly recommend. Worth a read. Um, and this book talks about praying, about praying for gratitude. And the prayer for gratitude is a... God didn't have to. Yeah. He didn't have to be this good. And where I think about that is like, God could have not given us taste buds. Yeah. Like I could not be, enjo- I could be drinking this coffee for just caffeine and not have to enjoy the taste of hazelnut creamer and yeah. enjoy the taste of a Brazilian blend. Thank you, coffee team. You're a blessing to me. Yeah, not the creamer, the coffee, but. <laughs> I love creamer. All right. I'll say it. It's my, it's my favorite. But you were saying, you were saying. Yes. But like I get to walk away rejoicing mm-hmm. of being saved despite me. Amen. And that I get to rejoice in who Jesus is and live a life of worship towards him. Yeah. Because he said, I'm not going to leave you in the wilderness. My God. testimony was being grabbed by the, the back of the neck yeah. and God saying, try again and putting me on the path of righteousness. It was not this like heroic moment for me where I was like, I really want God. God was like, I'm not done. Yeah. Get over here, Ruth. (laughs) Yeah. And I rejoice in that. I rejoice in hearing the resounding, I'm not done with you. And so I want to live a life of gratitude and I want to live a life of rejoicing in the good news. Yeah. So I, I walk away, like I want to come out of the house of God singing. And we had some, we had really awesome worship today. So like such a blessing to sing glory hallelujah and like yeah. we've been singing it as we were packing up you don't want to hear me sing it but yeah yeah you right. also don't want to hear me sing it um we'll definitely we gotta get someone else to sing it for us but it was it was excellent and, yeah. and just Praise thinking God. of like every breath let it be praise yeah like every breath is praise and so i walk away from this discussion of the wilderness and discussion of god conquering the wilderness saying every breath is praise amen and yeah if we just just closing on the note of just the work of God, 
right? God's grace. Um, just even beginning, who he chose was was Ruth, right? Like, yeah. Ruth was a Moabite woman, like, who was a widowed. She had no right. Yeah, she had no right. She was a part of the, like, literally the sworn enemy of Israel. Like, not, a, not of the promised people, with no inheritance, no promise. And, like, this is the woman, right? Who in Ma- and then in Matthew 1, when, the, when Matthew writes uh, Jesus' genealogy, like, Ruth is specifically mentioned yeah. in the genealogy that leads to Jesus. She's there. Like, God chose this woman. He narrowed in on this one woman from space onto this one woman. Specific reference. Watch the sermon. This chose this one woman, and from that woman brought the Lord Jesus Christ in his lineage. And that's yeah. God's sovereign grace. That it's not just, even if you're not in the people of God right now, like, there is room for you. Yeah. And, like, God is calling people of every nation and of every tribe to faith in Christ. Yeah. And it's dope to see that already in Ruth in the narrative of scripture. God is making his way towards people. Mm-hmm. And we see it so clearly. I think of Ruth of like, yeah, she's got no right. Yeah. She's got no right. She is an enemy of God in the way that we were enemies of God and all people yeah. start in the enemy camp and God plucks one by one and puts us on his team in his army in the battle that is, Lord, that we can't wait for you to fully win. We can't wait to see the fullness of your winning. Yeah. And, and that's awesome. And as Romans 5 says, while we were yet sinners, that's when Christ died for us. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, I think we're coming to the close of our time. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. And so I, um, I want to pray for, for the listeners right now. And so are you okay if I open and you, you close this out? Let's do it. Okay. Jesus, for everyone who is listening, we just ask right now that you would draw their hearts towards you, Um, Lord, that they would catch a picture of who you are, Um, Lord, that they would experience your goodness, Lord, and if they're in the wilderness right now, Lord, that you'd lead them to repentance, Um, and if they're in the wilderness and it's a time of testing, Lord, for for them to continue to be proved, we ask that they wouldn't seek to um, self-soothe, that they wouldn't seek um, to hide away from pain, but Lord, let purpose reign in their pain. Yes. And so we ask that in your holy and precious name, Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, we we praise you, O Lord. We praise you, God, that you are after us, O God. That while we were dead, while we were far off, Lord, while we just spit in your face and ran away from you and ran to our wilderness, ran to our darkness, Lord, ran to what we desire, you sought us out, O God. Lord, I pray, O Father, for anybody who's in the wilderness, anyone struggling, Lord, that you would meet them where they're at, God. Would you show them that hope, Lord, that you are with them, even in the midst of the struggles, even in the midst of the trials, Lord. If they've put themselves there, Lord, will you call them to repentance, O God? Will you call them to open up their hands and to follow you, O Lord, with their life? And Lord, we praise you, God. We glorify you. Lord, you are worthy to follow. Even when we don't see it, God, even when we don't understand, O God, we know that you are above all things. And Lord, you are the greatest good, Lord. You're the greatest goal. So Lord, work in the hearts of each and every listener. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening uh, to our post-game reflections through the sermon series, Redeemed, the story of Ruth. We have really appreciated your time. You've made it this far to getting to hear this exit. And we hope that you would catch us next week with two new awesome guests who are going to continue the conversation of reflecting on what God is teaching us. Y'all have a great day.